This is Weather Jazz. Here's your host, Andre Bernier. everybody, this is episode number 98 for Monday, January the 20th, 2020. And we had some lake effect snow in the Great Lakes areas overnight. For those of you that are listening from the greater Cleveland area or anywhere really in the Great Lakes uh, communities, you woke up to some pretty decent uh, amounts. We had uh, them anywhere from just candy coatings to up to even eight, nine inches of fluff. Now, with temperatures on Sunday that were so cold, the water ratio was very high. In other words, that nine inches of snow did not take a whole lot of energy to move around. Uh, certainly a far cry from the snow that fell on Saturday. That uh, snow was very wet and very heavy. Boy, talk about a workout. Uh, Both my wife and I were out clearing everything before it froze on Saturday night. And in the process, uh, it took just, uh, it seemed like a small eternity to move all of that very sloppy snow. Every shovel full was uh, many pounds, and uh, let's just say there was a lot of sweat equity produced on Saturday, as opposed to the snow that fell this morning. And uh, by the way, I could not use the snow thrower on Saturday because the snow was so wet. Uh, it would have clogged the chute uh, very, very easily. That wasn't the case this morning, and uh, the snow thrower came out, and uh, it uh, flung that very light snow uh, way off to the side, uh, so it didn't take much. And even if, if you had to use the shovel, it was not much of an effort that was required to push it around. So we're talking a little bit about lake effect and uh, the size of the lake needed. You typically need a fairly large lake for that to occur. And, of course, we have the five great lakes. They are big enough and with winds that are cold enough under the right circumstances will produce lake effect. However, what about a really small, skinny lake? You wouldn't think so. For those that understand the dynamics of lake effect and what it takes to generate lake effect snow, that's pretty impossible to do with a very small body of water. Or is it? Not really. I showed an example on Fox 8 News at 5 p.m., and you will be able to see that uh, on weatherjazz.com. I posted a video uh, from the National Weather Service at Binghamton, New York, that shows five distinct bands of lake effect that were coming off of, you ready for this, the Finger Lakes of New York. If you've ever crossed New York State on Interstate 90, you know how small the Finger Lakes are. They are very long, but they are extremely skinny. Uh, it, it doesn't take you very long to uh, boat from one side to the other. Uh, however, under the right conditions, and of course we're going to talk about those conditions, under the right conditions you can have lake effect snow from the Finger Lakes. So just go take a look at the radar return. Again, you will find it on weatherjazz.com, and that will be under episode number 98. And uh, so what are the conditions? 
first of all, you need a wind that is parallel to the lake, uh, the very skinny lake. Uh, and the reason being, a parallel uh, wind will be able to pick up enough of the moisture because the lakes uh, in the Finger Lakes area, especially uh, Seneca Lake, is very long. Uh, some of the other lakes are not quite as long, but we still had some interesting signatures even from some of the smaller lakes uh, this morning. But you need to have a parallel wind flow. And you can see that clearly, again, by going to weatherjazz.com, episode number 98, and look at the uh, – and click on the movie. It will run through twice, but if you want to see it again, you just click on it uh, as many times as you like. And you will see the lake effect signature off of the uh, back end or the, or the, uh, the, the end of the lake uh, when the lake disappears uh, and it uh, becomes ground again. Well, that, that's enough of a parallel uh, track to pick up that moisture. Now, granted, the signature is very narrow. It's not going to be a super heavy snow from the Finger Lakes, but technically it is lake effect snow. And you could even see uh, some light cosmetic coatings, maybe an inch or two. Wouldn't expect anything much more than that on the lee of the Finger Lakes, uh, but it is there. Uh, another thing you need, obviously, is for those lakes to be unfrozen. In other words, uh, liquids so that the cold air can pick up that moisture, condense it, pull it up into the air, and uh, condense it into the uh, streamers of lake effect. Uh, and you need a long enough or uh, a long resident time. What do I mean by resident time? In other words, the time it takes for the wind to initially encounter the lake until it finally exits the lake. If that wind speed is too fast, then the resident time is not uh, enough to pick up that moisture. But if the resident time, if the wind speeds are low enough, you can get uh, enough time passage for the atmosphere to do what it needs to do to pick up that moisture and then to dump it. Uh, on the lee side of all of these Finger Lakes. Truly fascinating stuff uh, here on this January the 20th. And uh, caught my attention because uh, a, a meteorologist, a longtime uh, favorite in Rochester, Kevin Williams, who is now retired, he uh, posted that on his Twitter account. So if you're on Twitter, uh, look up Kevin uh, Williams, and uh, he posts lots of interesting weather stats, uh, not only from the Rochester area, but whenever something catches his eye, uh, global weather, he will uh, retweet that. So check that out. Uh, and again, I want to thank Kevin Williams right here on Weather Jazz for posting that fascinating signature this morning which you will see on weatherjazz.com. And you can catch that on episode number 98 on Weather Jazz. Really cool stuff to uh, start our work week. And we'll catch you next go-around right here on Weather Jazz. Weather Jazz.